Hello everyone, I hope you're all well. In today's episode of Tea, Mud and Hope, we welcome the wonderful Shiloh Castello. Shiloh is a huge tea lover, ceramic artist and offers wonderful classes on intuitive writing and guided somatics. Here he is to tell us more about his very, very interesting work. Well, let's start with with your love of ceramics and how how does it link to tea for you? How how have you do you often think about that? How it actually links to tea for you? Yes, and I I would say that what most feels uh, organic between my journey in ceramics and tea is that uh, I associate tea. I associate tea with comfort. Uh, since I was very young, it's um, I've enjoyed chamomile tea uh, to soothe stomach issues. So oh. associations with um, with herbs and hisans in conjunction with Earl Grey. It's always been something of comfort, and uh, I felt. And I would say that the that, that the idea of um, pottery came in much much later when uh, I began going to community college to learn about ceramics. Yes. Yeah, and so that dialogue began my love of the arts and uh, ultimately the two met when I shifted from sculpture and painting to, uh, to, to pottery. And that shift ultimately led to something that uh, began as an eight-year trek through appreciation of the Japanese tea culture that uh, ultimately making tea bowls and teapots then gave birth to appreciating uh, the tea ceremony and tea service as a way to connect people through quiet acts that just through observing behavior and making space for people to speak and to feel heard, um, even if done through quietude, was um, what connected my love of making ceramics to tea. So it's a r- roughly a 10-year journey. Wow, that, that's, that's wonderful. It sounds really special as well. And, and what I hear as well, um, and through previous conversations we've had is that it it links so much with kind of emotional well-being for you as well just kind of how you how you feel about life and um so it's very much linked to your to your to feeling balanced emotionally and um i mean i think that's the case for many tea people isn't it Yes, indeed. And I would say that uh, the emotional well-being, of course, is is something one develops on their own as well as with other people. Yes. And tea is the perfect bridge between those two avenues because of uh, a, tea's, a tea being plant medicine. It's being of the earth. It's, it's grown and then cultivated by people. It's kind of a marriage between those two elements. And the more I became associated with tea, I began studying all the unique chemical 
constituents that are present between the phytonutrients that that help to promote um, health and well-being through, um, for example, in teas like hei cha, we have jinhua, or the golden flower, that helps to uh, actually populates the gut flora within the immune system and helps to actually um, change and um, alter it so that way uh, it can work more efficiently with your own personal uh, metabolic rate. And so again, learning about the nuances of catechins and um, how the caffeine content works differently with tea than it does with coffee Mm. and how it's more gentle and and it adjusts to your personal body in a unique way. And so all of these um, avenues help me to appreciate uh, things like L-theanine that promotes well-being or GABA, uh, which is gamma aminobutyric acid, which helps, um, which is a neurotransmitter in your brain Mm. that uh, is augmented and helps to promote a sense of settledness. And wow. so, and so, learning about all of these unique avenues about tea through different studies, in conjunction with the ability to sit with people and to help calm them um, through conversation and through these uh, and through these um, these avenues, it is the perfect way to promote uh, self um, self care um, individually as well as with others so to me it really is the perfect bridge uh, for um, for health and for balancing your emotions both personally and in group settings as well yeah wonderful and and have you been geeky enough to look up kind of different teas as well and they and how they vary in their chemical compositions oh yes um I th- it has been quite an interesting journey because depending on who you ask, there's more information pertaining to different aspects. I mean, mm. we have the six main branches of tea within the United States, everything from green tea to white tea to yellow tea to red to, uh, you know, red is also known as black. And you have yes, yes. aged fermented teas and the oolongs. So you have all these unique um, avenues, and I would say that I fell in love with the fermented teas, which quite honestly is the it um, goes back to um, oolongs. Even mm-hmm. oolongs can be partially f- fermented. Yes, Pua is just this. It's just the tip of the scale because uh, in Korea they have their own f- fermented teas. In addition to China, Japan, yes. Taiwan, and so um, when I think about tea types, each of them have something to offer yes. that is wholly unique to them. Mm-hmm. Just when you look at it from the the, the just from the process, uh, just from the avenue of fermentation, but then you also look at oxidation levels, which drastically changes the flavor compounds, and so. Um, I did. I, I researched all those unique avenues that I could over the course of four years to really try to understand what makes each tea unique. And uh, and let's not forget India, Sri Lanka, mm. and um, also like the 
like um, the the uh, Bahama border, you know, so like all mm-hmm. those unique Pu'er style teas, and um, there's just a, a wealth of teas, not even considering um, tisans, you know, all these different herbal herbal um, er, um, herbal um, um, yes. avenues as as well. Yes. So, so yes. if I had to pick a favorite, though, it would probably be the the aged and fermented teas, just because of their unique ability to help your metabolic rate um, even out. Uh, there's something very special about the age of a tea um, that has undergone post-fermentation like a ripe pu'er. So um, where it actually will be turned in a factory um, setting that where the humidity is um, turned to just you know to much higher mm. range at around seventy degrees or mm. so, mm. Um, the the perfect range so that um, all this so that fermentation can occur at just the correct rate mm-hmm. in order to promote growth of a specific type of mold that populates the gut flora and helps your body to better uh, adjust to. Um, you know, to help to uh, um, balance it and to even it out, and what's nice is it adjusts to your your personal um, your personal uh, gut chemistry, mm. and so which is directly where the immune system is located. So the holistic element of it is very potent because of um, because of this type of production. So I find um, fermented teas to be uh, amongst my favorite because of that because i can drink it any time um day or night and it helps with the digestion of meals strengthens immunity so when i'm sick mm-hmm. i can take that and it aids with that as well so i find it to be less tea and more a uh, medicine in that sense as i can really feel the effect it's having on me but uh but that's just a personal yeah. preference how 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 fascinating and do you know what I think linked to that for, for me is um, that I more and more also think of body feel when I enjoy a tea. So, um, it, it, which is quite interesting. And also what I, all, what I found quite interesting in, in, when I look back uh, to my uh, time in Taiwan, they always asked, how does, how does that tea make you feel? Whereas over here, well, in Europe, I think the European style of tea drinking is very much what do you taste, you know? Is it, is it, what notes do you get out of it? Which is very, very interesting, you know, but for me now it is very much both. And um, so, so for me, it's, you know, the aroma first and what, and how it looks. And then it moves over to, yes, what notes and taste um, comes out of the tea for you. Uh, But then there's also the body feel right away and also later on, a little bit delayed after half an hour or so. So it's a whole kind of process and journey. And, and, And like you said before as well, it is, it's beautiful that you can go that journey and it's a wee bit different, I think, when you do that journey by yourself, you know, on a day when, when you have a little bit of time and you want to tune into that by yourself. 
um but you can also yeah you can also do it in a in a in a social situation which which is lovely too i mean it does give us so much i agree and just to add on to that last thought it really speaks to the community of tea as as a galvanizer or a a builder of culture um, as it has been for thousands of years at this stage you know people eating around the tea table to to suspend um political status or um social status everyone when they're around the tea table can counsel each other and they can give advice to each other and i think a lot of that lies um in the, the current uh, stat, its current place within society um, that even when people cannot meet due to the pandemic, yes, they that when we utilize virtual means like Zoom or Google Meet um, or Instagram Live, um, Facebook Live, we still have such connection to people, um, even though we're not there experiencing it and not there uh, feeling the warm. Um, conversation of people or the the difficult conversations that need to be had tea is still um is still facilitating that conversation Um, it really speaks to the universality of tea and its ability to do that just shows that it's not about a physical tangible thing it can actually uh it can actually um maintain that that same feeling regardless of if we are physically there with another person which is just a beautiful and unique thing yes oh i so much agree with you do you know i wasn't sure really initially about all that zooming and um you know the skyping and <laughs> i was a little bit reticent but now i now i i um yes now i got kind of got quite into it and i agree with you you can still, it's different to the, you know, three-dimensional meat, of course, but, um, oh, yeah. but, but it's, but it's still, you know, you can still have a really nice, con- gentle connection with someone and through tea. And, um, so I, I very much agree with you and, and, and kind of linked to all of that. Another aspect that I find fascinating, another aspect of your work is the guided somatics with tea that that you offer could could you tell us a little bit more about that i think that sounds really fascinating oh sure yes and a lot of us and yourself included have indicated that tea has a unique ability to calm the mind and when we i think the start of the journey really is more technical and scientific Um, because it helps us to better give context to why we feel a specific way uh, when we drink tea. And once we begin to understand why tea has that effect on us, um, we uh, then, I think, begin to really tune into um, wanting to to deeply invest in in understanding that. And a lot of that is is the somatic element that that is really thousands of years old the somatics really refers to an, an awareness of wanting to um, better delve into 
the five senses. So um, the term somatic means a bodily awareness. It refers to awareness of, of the different stimuli that we take in and utilizing that to better know ourselves, to, to better um, better understand others. There's an empathetic appreciation to this term so, somatic. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of us actually are feeling it when we have tea. And this term just helps to um, provide a definition on this un- on what sounds like a unique and very alien thing, when in reality, it's just a term that helps to, to describe something that's already present within us. So uh, I so the term somatics, I use it more so in the context of somatic awareness, because like anything else, um, it takes time to wake things up um, after several cups of tea. So there are exercises that I utilize to really wake the body up and help to settle the mind into really delving into the um, into uh, drawing out and sussing out um, these unique avenues so can you give us an example Shiloh oh sure sure so the classes that I've been teaching I've really only taught two at this stage but I've been researching with people from all over the world via zoom on their unique approach to somatics to tea and so um and then also uh in this instance the curriculum for my class it really is uh it starts with uh delving into some uh delving into breath work and what breath work is is using your breath to again calm the body so you know we have the fight or flight response which mm-hmm. is what uh, where we activate that sense of urgency uh, whenever we need to um, whenever we need to take care of things so that way we think quicker cortisol is released into our brains so that way um, you know we can act quickly in order to accomplish tasks we respond um, to things more easily and so but Cortisol is also known as the stress hormone, and if we're constantly in that fight-or-flight mode, then um, it can actually have a negative effect on our bodies if we don't take time to relax and enter what is called the rest and and digest mode, which is Mm -hmm. on the opposite end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so resting and digesting uh, is the, uh, you know, you have the Paris... you have the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. So going from one end of the scale to the other is important for our bodies to have holistic health um, and to have a sense of uh, balance. So the somatic awareness class utilizes breath, which ultimately, when we take in breath, we burn. You know, we burn calories. We um, provide oxygen to our brains. And we slow down the pace of our organs so that way they can work more f- efficiently. Mm-hmm. And oxygen as a whole is just such a um, such a calming and uh, galvanizing force to help um, us promote um, health. So most people, you know, we breathe quickly in a shallow way. We breathe from our chests or our throats, and because of that, uh, we're not 
most of us aren't taking in the oxygen content that we need. It's like drinking water. You know, the more that we drink, the more we flush out of what isn't um, useful to us. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing applies to breath. So um, by consciously using breath exercises for a period of time, even if it's just five minutes in the class to prep the body, goes a long way toward oh. really helping the mind mm. prepare itself to relax the body and to build new neural pathways that whenever you feel anxious, you can use these skills mm -hmm. to then relax and it becomes a practical way to promote holistic health mm -hmm. in your everyday life if you have five minutes alone to use these breathing exercises and to promote somatic awareness, just that simple act can actually help your body to be a little bit more unbalanced and to have long-term effects where we're building new neural pathways that promote um, new solidified tools that can help our minds and our bodies to promote a sense of balance across the scales. So wow. the class, yeah, that's so that's really, kind of mm -hmm. the start of it, if you will. That's really interesting, Shiloh. And Thank you for sharing that with us. Is is that I'm 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 interested to hear is that kind of linked to tea history and tea culture in different countries or is it more does it come more from the mental health and well-being movement? Oh, it it goes far back to India and Ayurvedic uh, practice. Okay. So I mean, it goes back thousands and thousands of years. Breathwork is one of the oldest forms, oldest practices that help to promote a sense of well-being. Mm -hmm. So it is by no means anything new. It may be more well known now because we have the internet and because we have wellness practitioners who promote it more yes. so now. Yes. But uh, but other than that, it's very um, old and well yes. and well. And well practice and the fact that it's now being paired with tea um, is a perfect segue into yes. helping us become more aware within our skin if you will so, yes so that's why I always prefer to start with breath work because of that ancient practice those um, really just uh, and also giving credit to these practices um, helps us to promote the people who helped to start it, the cultures that um, ultimately began utilizing it. I always talk a little bit about the history of it as well so that we can indicate that this is not a Western idea. Mm -hmm. it, it, even though we're combining various elements, we want to give credit to those who um, who utilize it, which culture it's from, so that way we don't uh, fall, so that way we can educate ourselves too. But mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and, so in conjunction with that, I always start with a bit of um, breath work to start us off so that we can set the stage, if you will, mm -hmm. for the tea. Mm -hmm. So that somatic awareness starts with the breath work and then shifts into a specific tea. Mm -hmm. Usually each course will focus on a different tea, whether it be white tea, green tea, aged uh, white tea, we'll, we'll explore what that specific tea does to the body and uh, it all comes down to slowing down while we while we warm our teaware and we'll put our hands in our lap and um, and we'll kind of practice the breath work as we go through those steps and usually 
I try to help people to breathe less from their chest and throat, to put one hand on the stomach, one on the chest. Mm -hmm. And and the way that we really breathe well is if we use our diaphragm, and that's the muscle that's located kind of in the mid-lower part of our torso, mm -hmm. and it is the muscle that expands to let the lungs have more space mm -hmm. to uh, breathe and to draw in more oxygen-rich strength, if you will. So. Mm -hmm. Um, if the stomach rises when, when we breathe in and falls when we breathe out, it leaves more room for the uh, diaphragm. So really it's training people to breathe mm -hmm. when we're doing it. And all the while we're putting tea into each of the, we're putting tea in each of the um, teawares that we have. We're warming our teaware previous to that in conjunction with um, um we're taking breaths in between and really we're we're utilizing quiet that entire time so that way we can focus into our bodies and what i'm saying by means of that is to is to not focus on just for a moment to not focus on what we have to do instead focusing on how we feel mm -hmm. so focusing on um what we smell they'll people will smell their tea leaf and I'll ask them if it reminds them of anything. And so we start um, getting into that primal brain, um, what is known as the um, the amygdala. Yes, amygdala. So the, yeah, I love that word, amygdala. Yeah, I love how it's said in the UK. At times it, they stated it's called the amygdala. You know, it has uh -huh. such a, a wonderful sound to it. Yes, it and does. And it's that little tiny bit right in the middle of the brain, isn't it? It's lovely. It's such a small thing. Mm -hmm. It's a very small thing, but it has such a primal function. Yes. Of, um, of in this case, stimulating a, a, a memory. Yes. And so um, it actually helps to give context to things. And so if we mm -hmm. smell something um, earthy, it will take us back to a scent that will be recalled from being in our grandmother's um, attic. Yes. And yes. Or like old book. And it will make that connection that is totally and wholly personal to you. Yes. And that's why I love the giving people the opportunity without them even realizing yes. it. Yes. To smell their feet, to settle into their bodies and a wholly unique experience begins happening within them that yes. they can strengthen to calm and to balance their personal bodies mm. and also establishes a sense of nostalgia and connection mm. to their past. And mm. um, so all of that is happening um, simultaneously mm. as they're, even before they've had their tea. Yes. So do you know, well, so by, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it's wonderful also how you describe it, Shiloh. It's wonderful. Um, one of my early memories is actually being in my granny's garden and making grass soup. Of course, it wasn't just grass. I chucked all kinds of stuff in. But um, and I'm I can't remember if I actually ate it. But anyway, it was um, it was it's one. It's a beautiful early memory that I have, and I'm sure that's sometimes triggered off in in my amygdala. <laughs> But um, yes, but but you know what what I love about it as well. It's this um, that you that you allow a group of people 
to come together over tea. And yes, you're doing these very, um, very helpful exercises, but it's also a, a sense of people have permission to slow down during that time. Because exactly. we, society and, you know, we're all so rushed, aren't we? We've got to do this and that, have a long list, you know, in the morning of things to do. So there's also that element, I think, of well-being element, this permission to slow down, um, which which oh, I find. I, do you know, recently, um, someone on Instagram said, I think, posted a, a photo of him lying on the couch and seeing he's reflecting and um and that that is really important a really important time and it, it kind of challenges our sometimes our um beliefs of having to be busy you know busy productive you know busy means productive and but actually it's quite interesting that sometimes those times are productive in a totally different way and and hugely important. So, yeah, yes. I, I I I don't know if you agree, but that that's kind of coming I to know. me when I when I listen to to your description of of these wonderful things that you're doing. Oh no, um, and I I I actually began engaging in that because um, I did feel the need. Um, in fact, the essential. Um, the essential need to slow down and in actuality just from a chemical standpoint just from um, a unique biological standpoint um, animals you know when they sleep whenever they stretch whenever they do specific things whenever they whenever they're stressed they'll shake and you know like a dog when they're wet or when they, they wake up and they're a little groggy they'll shake and uh and so there are unique built-in avenues that um where it's actually found that if we if you think of people who do voice uh, meditations they'll um that certain sound resonating uh within the body will actually um will actually promote uh, a sense of well-being as well uh, so I mean there's things that are naturally built into the animal kingdom that help them to deal with stress mm. um, to help to shake off stress if you will and it's been found that their brains actually did um, have less cortisol after they engaged in specific acts mm. but people we don't actively have that we don't actively have that and quite often we're running so quickly we're doing things so often yes. that we feel bad when we actually have an opportunity to slow down we feel we don't deserve it mm. and it's embedded in our culture and so really um you, you don't realize that it's even having a negative effect until you begin experiencing inflammation in specific parts of the body that uh, usually inflammation is the first sign within the body in accordance with chinese medicine and also within uh, western medicine too that if you see inflammation in a certain part of the body that's when illness starts to crop up in those areas so when and a lot of that is um, is emphasized because of cortisol, because of pouring stress into specific into the brain. Um, our bodies don't get a chance to to rest and rejuvenate. We mm -hmm. need whenever we have a period of extreme effort exerted, we need 
time to relax afterward to give our bodies a chance to digest that and when we don't do that it has a long-term effect on us so Mm -hmm. um and most people don't even realize it which is the once i realized it um it took me a few years to really realize um, once i felt it within myself oh my goodness, there are practical tools that we can use and there are, you know, tools that connect us to each other Mm. that um, we can integrate into our everyday life and we can actually promote well-being within ourselves and others, which is why I began to teach tea workshops and somatic awareness classes Mm. so that people could utilize these tools on their own time and really... um, learn to give themselves uh, themselves the permission to slow down and to recognize when they need that time in their bodies. So uh, it really has a wonderful effect um, and it gives and they give themselves the permission to, to do it. And that's what I really love about it is that uh, it really uh, it really is a holistic approach to understanding. And uh, I'm just going to rep um, one uh, person who taught me a lot of this, yes. including um, acupressure work to um, actually drain, to do lymphatic drainage and to, and to assist the body um, through Chinese medicine as well as through tea, uh, grass, people tree, um, mm-hmm. Ray, Ray Liu. Uh, she um, is from Guizhou. And uh, she, like so many other tea people, um, are promoting the traditional approach to tea and how the tea trees are not open. Hang on, just one moment. (laughs) That's my doggy. He can open the door. She can open the door. (laughs) A dog opening the door. Um, Yes, yes, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you. Keep keep going, Shalu. I was just going to uh, conclude that thought by saying um, when we look at the way things used to be done in a slower pace and how there used to be rest after a long day's work and celebration too for that work uh, through after farming, after doing specific things, we've lost a lot of that culture yes. because we're, we're trying to keep up with a new mindset of progress. Yes. But when we ask ourselves, is progress worth our health? Is it worth um, losing relationships and sleep and things that we yes. need? Yes. Tea kind of sets the, sets awareness to those things, mm. and not one person is exactly the same. So tea is a gentle reminder through somatic awareness for us to individually kind of calibrate our, our, our bodies and our schedule so that... Um, we don't make a drastic change often unless we, you know, there are some people who have gotten cancers that then alter their entire diet, their schedules, their lives. But for the majority of us who, um, who are trying to, um, integrate, um, everyday health and holistic avenues, tea allows us to gently calibrate those things so that, uh, we can promote, individualized health based on us and, and our needs so mm-hmm. that's the beautiful thing about somatic awareness and tea is very interesting it, yeah very interesting yeah. do you know it also it for me it, it links as well <clears throat> if i think of my own life then i do love the seasons because in my work um 
with tea plants um you know i have i have spring which is now of course and everything is starting to slowly grow here although my tea plants only really wake up at the end of of april and then, and then they stretch and start to grow um but but so you've got spring and then summer everything in bloom and the the colors are very vibrant and uh, beautiful smells and and then you've got you've got autumn with wonderful wonderful colors um but winter is as important because the decay of um all the plant material uh, means that it, it it can nourish the soil for the for the following year so decay I, I used to, you know, this word decay is very interesting to me now because it used to be such a negative thing, but now I see it as a, as I have a, a lot of positive associations with the word decay because, because I see it as, as tiny, tiny microorganisms and little tiny animals um, in winter time, you know, nibbling through these leaves and this plant material making it very small putting it into small pieces and then the 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 giving literally nutrition that will then provide nutrition to our soils so and then the soils can give that nutrition again to our plants in spring and summer so and also linked to that my own body is um in terms of somatic awareness it literally does slow down in the winter time um and, and so, so there's a cycle you know for me every year but that's why i also love that's one another reason why i love i love the work i do because there is the, there is that element of speeding up a little bit in spring and summer being much i am much more productive and having and moving to slower tasks you know more 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 writing reflecting it's in, in autumn and winter and i think i think that's wonderful um but yeah so yeah that just reminded me of 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 this of these thoughts when when you were talking as well which but you know another thing that i really want to want to ask you about is i know you had some wonderful tea travels and um and you've also You've also met some some lovely old tea trees, so please, I, I I can't let you go without telling us about that because I love I love um, you know I love I, I it's not necessarily about the age it's about I think wild plants are also quite quite special because when we don't prune and I know it's it's you know in terms of a, a perfect yield on improved yield it's really important to prune I, I understand that but when you don't prune you do actually see um in a in a tea tree for example but also in other plants a kind of um the the tree will develop it, it it's the shape it, it 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 wants to be so and and also of course depending on its environment but so all the shapes are different it it develops its own individuality which i i i love you know about wild about natural kind of natural farming and natural 
tea tea tree growing as well so but anyway t tell us please share share with us Shiloh share, share with us your memories oh, wonderful I love that uh, description I, I resonate very much with that too I concur I concur because uh, I mean it's true that decay is just another part of the cycle that you indicated that things that break down nourish everything else around it and there's a mm. beautiful effect that whenever something ends new beginnings inevitably occur mm -hmm. so when it comes to tea trees when it comes to travel um and i can get into the specifics of that uh, um um a, a little bit after i talk about the travels but um i really began studying tea in earnest in 2016 roughly in March is when I began really delving into taking master classes learning about the technical aspects of tea mm -hmm. but uh, that really I knew there was more to tea than than just um, the drinking of it the tasting notes it was a very wonderful part of it but I was meeting people at the time I lived in Portland Oregon and uh, it's a hub of very, uh, a very holistic approaches to health. It's with so many people, and there's a vibrant tea culture there. Mm, lovely. And, and it was the start of wanting to really understand uh, what is it that um, draws people to tea. Um, there's obviously there's the inherent spirituality, sure, and uh, it was different for every person. And I, and I realized there's something internally galvanizing for people when they learn about tea. Everyone does it a little differently. And so I wanted to learn about that and where better to go than to the source of um, one of the earliest forms of tea culture, at least with regard to recorded history. Yes. And that is Ch um, China. Mm -hmm. So I actually ended up there quite by accident. And yet um, it was more so uh, I was preparing for a ceramics conference and I was uh, in Portland Oregon uh, usually I go to NSICA the National Council on Education for the ceramic arts and it draws people from all over the world wow. and it occurs in a different city every year so you get to travel about and see to different places different cultures and I met uh, this uh, this gentleman by the name of uh, uh, by the name of Jackson Lee, who runs Sanbao Studio uh, in Jingdezhen, uh, which is in Jiangxi Province in China, and um, he wanted to do a cultural fair, a celebration in conjunction um, with uh, a, a an annual festival called um uh that celebrated the people of the lansang mekong uh, river basin and so uh he wanted to hold it in shishwambana yunnan china and shishwambana is the home of 26 of the 54 known ethnic minority groups that each have their own languages dialects cultures mm. and uh, he wanted to celebrate that and yes. it's right on the border of china at the south end far south which is very tropical and beautiful 
and it's bordering Laos, Vietnam, Thailand, and Myanmar, um, and a little bit of Cambodia too. So he wanted to work in tandem with this annual festival to promote the arts. Yeah. So we began talking about ceramics. Um, uh, he was introduced to me via a colleague that I met in in Kentucky named uh, John Hasegawa, and it was something that changed my life permanently wow. because uh, I went there thinking this was going to be a ceramics trip, but um, but then when I began talking to him, he asked, "What do you know about tea?" And that turned into a twenty-minute conversation all about poor. And we just, and he was, I think we both found that we were kindred spirits uh, when it came to tea. And uh, he, the first thing he said when he was done is, uh, that's a lot of information. He said, and I saw, I said, I'm sorry if I stated too much, but he said, you have a passion for tea. And uh, would you like to be the American delegate for our workshop? helping to uh, share your knowledge of tea and ceramics um, with the people of um, of uh, and I just thought well I I will share what I can yes (laughs) do do what I can I I would absolutely um, love that so I said yes without much hesitation and that led to going to Yunnan uh, and going to uh, part of the trip, in addition to just making ceramics, drinking tea all day, having wonderful food that I'd never seen wow. before, and meeting the Dai, uh, who are the ethnic majority there in Shishwambana, uh, learning how to make herbs, going to travel and seeing their villages and meeting their elders and their wise and their wise men, their matriarchs. It was uh, the culture. The generosity of the people there um, really cued me into um, what I knew was there. I knew there was such amazing diversity of people Mm -hmm. and beauty, Mm -hmm. but I actually got to experience it. And that personal avenue completely altered and made me realize how much when we put ourselves out there and get beyond our comfort zones and go to places where where we can learn and and dispel um, our personal, um, our personal, um, you know, what we previously thought that we knew. Yes. Uh, really, we don't know it until we personally experience a place. And, yes. it, and it led to a humility that I hadn't experienced previously. So mm-hmm. that, that opened my mind and my heart to then going to the different tea mountains that were there in in Yunnan and so when I was there um, we took this bus and then we took cars and then we had to walk there for miles up the hill because the roads couldn't they were too narrow to support cars yes so we ended up going through all these travels trying to and riding on motorcycles like trying not to fall off the edge wow guide for dear life and (laughs) did it challenge you a bit shiloh did it challenge you it taught me to not have a plan as much that it was okay not to have a plan for everything because they would change their plans so frequently yeah and just 
go with the, the flow, if you will, and um, and they would, and I saw how they just trusted um, in you know not um, not being too tied to any one thing, so that way they could create the best experience mm. for those who were visiting. And we had delegates from Japan, Taiwan, um, from Belgium, you know, from other parts of China. And so we had people and this melting pot of people, of artists from all over, and all of us wanting to be planners and understanding it. We just had to learn <laughs> to let go and just say, well, we're on the side of a tea mountain now, trying not to fall off of a cliff, but we're yeah. being safe still. It was, it was, we weren't going to fall, it, but our perception was yes. this is dangerous, but they knew what they were doing the entire time. They're yes. very well trained. Yes. So it it helped us to expand the context of what we thought as what we knew and really yes. realizing, oh, oh my goodness, you need to open yourself up to life to really um, tr trust others. Yes. And, the, there, and so it was a very, all of this is what led to encountering the tea tree king. Now we're now we're actually to the, the, the part where I met um, what was <clears throat> somewhere between an 800 to 1,000 year old tea tree. Mm. And after <clears throat> half a day just to get to the tea tree king on a, a Nanwa mountain, and you know, so Nanwashan is such a beautiful place, and the tea tree king was the largest tea tree that I had seen um, up until that point in person. And it was like a like an oak tree. It was so wow. big, so beautiful. Really, really wide. Was the was the trunk really chunky? It was very chunky. Mm, <laughs> was nice, very nice, and, beautiful. And, and what what did the bark look like? Did it have any lichen on it? Did was it Was it did it have color? Does it have fungi on it and things or mosses? It had. Um, all over the bark itself, um, it had, I wouldn't even call it a, a, a lichen, but it had, um, it had growths on it yeah. that I had never seen before. Yeah. And, it, and there were like little creatures crawling around it. There were insects going up and down yeah. it. And I realized there was an ecosystem present on yes. this tree. It was housing and it was integrated directly into the earth. And I really realized just that these tea trees are integrated whole, wholly into the environment, Wonderful. and they're helping to sustain everything. And yes. I just thought, and I thought, this is what tea is. This is what tea is helping us to appreciate. Is helping us to to uh, to appreciate the holistic view that uh, what we think we know, we really don't. We need to look to nature. We need to look to the people who protect nature to better understand how we can know ourselves and work and work in tandem with it. Yes. So that we, so that we can better uh, so that we can better take care of each other. Yes. Better slow down. Better find balance. Yes. And there and it was all there. It was all there in just Wonderful. and literally we yes. all stopped and just that looked. That's, the tree that's wonderful for about yeah 
Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And, and you know, yes, like you mentioned an oak tree, but like an oak tree, I mean, an oak tree, ecologists would say, you know, roughly, but at least 120, 140 different species. It, it, you know, it, it is a, a kind of an older oak tree is the, the home of 120, 140 different species and and that's 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 wonderful and and also i think you know the more i i i work in nature i think we should all if if we can all visualize us more as we are part of it and not kind of oh because because if you're part of something you know you really do want it to remain intact and you you want it all to stay healthy and um and i think you know i think it's it's really important that we care about biodiversity and um and yeah otherwise otherwise it, it will be lost you know um it's so, really sad yeah it's exactly yeah it's uh it's it's one of those things where we already so many species have gone extinct, but nature is is such a resilient entity. And as you said, we're a part of it. And so when we better understand how we integrate into it, and we have the examples of people who are currently doing it in China, taking care of the tea trees, not overpicking them, yes. allowing them to grow and to propagate, um, through you know through natural means through seed propagation whether it's trees that were planted by people and, uh, and allowed to become feral that can be uh, dangerous in, in some cases because it's changing an ecosystem because it's uh, being augmented by men but when it's done naturally through wild means and those are cared for those are allowed to not they're not augmenting it. They're not caring for it by changing the, the tree, but they're making sure that the tree can exist uninterrupted yes. by others. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was present all throughout um, the mountain that I saw. And that was the beautiful thing was uh, when they would make poor, they would do very little, just a, a little augmentation and maybe a little sun drying. And that's it. You know, I mean, it mm -hmm. was such, they were really just giving the tree a chance to express itself yes 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 through through the tea and it just tasted like the tea mountain smelled oh. and i never forgot that that um that uh it's possible for us to coexist and when we do um the richness of life increases drastically and the meals we enjoyed um, the tea that we had, it really was a paradise. It really was a paradise. And mm -hmm. we, that was one of the happiest times I've, I've ever experienced. And it was such a simple thing. And we were caring for each other in such a simple way. But um, I'll never forget those times. It made a huge impact on my life. Mm -hmm. And I want to continue to carry that avenue through the way that I teach my, my tea courses. Yes, yes. That's wonderful, beautiful words, Shiloh, and um, and yeah, and and please do keep going with with your with your gentle courses and your learnings and your um, you know, deep link to to tea because it does it does mean a lot to um, 
to 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 people around you so it's it's really really nice yeah yeah really nice and hopefully you can you can i know this is such a strange time of the virus but but it, you know hopefully we all can every so often also you know um enjoy a little bit of tea travel maybe less than people did in the past but but possibly that makes it even more special to to go somewhere and you know stay somewhere and um um so i think i think it will still be possible but but uh, in a very very gentle way maybe yeah mm, yes no and just on that i'll just add the thought that uh the fact that we haven't been able to do those things it will make it worth so much more because we don't realize how much we appreciated something until we can't do it anymore yes yes and i think it's easy humans forget so easily so it takes a lot of effort on our part but when we do um it it enriches those experiences so much more and it helps us to carry it on for future generations too so the intentionality of appreciation it helps to preserve what we love and we don't squander it so this time of quarantine this time of staying indoors it really in its own way has been with all of its challenges and unfortunately with the horrible loss of life that yes. it comes with yes it reminds us to be thankful for these experiences and to cherish every one of them so it there's there's something to be gained by slowing down and just taking a sip of tea and being th- thankful for the time when we can begin to reengage with these things and to and just by doing that we can preserve that a legacy in a really um in a really a, a meaningful way yes Yes. Oh, well, wonderful words, Shailo, and and thank you so much also sharing your, you know, part, your 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 life and your work and it's it was very very interesting to listen to you and um and very thoughtful. So thank you so much, Shailo, and um Thank you as well. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you you enjoyed it and it wasn't nerve-wracking at all, was it? A bit of recording. it was quite enriching i thank you for the work that you do as well and uh and continue to continuing to to educate and uh it's uh it's a a wonderful thing to share and it was wonderful to share in this conversation with you and uh i look forward to seeing your future projects develop as well thank you oh thank you so much shiloh that's very kind of you yes 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 i i love i love tea and my projects and thank you so much yeah i wish you all the best shiloh i wish you all the best and thank you for your time it's been really really lovely thank you thank you too and uh yes we'll see you down the road here um virtually yes take care and uh we will he will talk uh, again over to you one day I hope. yes please yes please shallow okay bye bye for now <laughs>